This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Alright, so the time has gone 11 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. We're going to talk about a concept that's really been in public discourse and in the public domain for a long time, but perhaps we hadn't um, understood it well or appreciated it as much. And this is the concept of the missing middle. So very crude definitions, very, very simplistic definitions of a society is that you have the elite or rich people who are like the 1%. Then you have the middle class in the middle of the sandwich who really are uh, the doctors, the nurses, the policemen, the teachers, the craftsmen, the entrepreneurs, and they drive the economy, even though the wealth centers at that top layer. Uh, But they've got the buying power. And then you have what you call the working class as well. And it's a very fine line between the working class and the middle class. But the fine line is really the quantum of income, the quantum of savings. So many um, young South Africans who uh, in the post-1994 era were then told that actually they do qualify for financial aid to be able to um, study further at tertiary levels. And the NSFS was set up. It was sort of designed on the model of children of the working class and below the working class, the poor, being children who need that financial aid. Because poverty doesn't mean you are not smart enough to go to university. It simply means you don't have the means to go to university. So taking your intellect and your aptitude, you should be able to study further with somebody giving you a leg up. But it financially modeled around the poor and the working class. But there were many families in the lower rungs of the middle class who said just because we are middle class on paper, we earn above 300,000 rands uh, as a household income per annum, doesn't mean we can actually afford tuition and accommodation. Um, We might afford it for one child, but not for the second child. Or we might be able to afford the tuition, but not the books and the accommodation at the university. Or we can afford 50% of the tuition, but not the full fee. So are our children now discriminated against and disqualified from applying for financial assistance simply because they've got parents who are within a certain income bracket. And this has been a very, very controversial issue for a long, long time until recently. And it seems to, this seems to have been an intervention. And the intervention is in the form of a fund valued at just over 3 billion rands that, uh, is targeting the missing middle, a 3.8 billion rand fund to try to address um, this category of people who straddle a few social lines. So let's find out a little bit more about it as we have a conversation with Asive Zandwa, who's the national spokesperson for the South African Union of Students. Good morning, Asive. Uh, good morning and also good morning to your listeners. Uh, thank you for having us. Okay, and I know it's not protocol. I should have started with the Deputy Minister, but I, I wasn't sure if his line was patching through. But are you there, Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Buti Manamela? 
Hi, uh, good morning, uh, Lerato, and also good morning to Asiva and to uh, listeners. Um, I do not think there is need for protocol. Thank no, you no, for no. having us. All good. No, it's because as, as I was introducing the topic, I could see them still dialing up your number, so I wasn't sure that you're there. But it's great that you're here. So let's start with you, Minister, and if you could just talk us through um, this new fund, what it's designed <laughs> to do, and what we mean by the missing middle. Thank you, um, <clears throat> Firstly, let me let me just uh, uh, you know uh, bring in some information. Uh, I think based on the background information that is given, um, you know. So historically, we had the um, TAFSA, which was established to cater uh, for students who needed uh, loans from uh, uh, government, uh, you know, to study at universities. Uh, and TEFSA was then turned into the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. Um, and over the years, uh, you know, both uh, institutions have, uh, you know, mainly been loan orientated uh, up until 2018 um, when uh, the ANC government uh, decided that we should have fee free higher education. Obviously, as a result of the activism of students on our campuses. <clears throat> but the, <clears throat> the big issue was <clears throat> that there is a threshold that has been set, which is at 350,000, and that uh, <clears throat> households which are beyond that uh, mm-hmm. threshold, um, uh, you know, so, so um, could not uh, obviously afford, as you said, and, uh, uh, you know, and did not qualify for this. Uh, you know, for this fee-free higher education. Mm -hmm. And so this is what this intervention is uh, about. So it will be looking at uh, those students whose parents do not qualify for NSFAS, but they have the academic, uh, uh, you know, or technical abilities to be able to Mm -hmm. enter a post-school education and training system, which is both university and TVET college, uh, and thirdly, that uh, you know they would also mm-hmm. throughout the duration of the loan, uh, you know, pass their uh, studies, uh, and that at the completion, if they finish, uh, you know, at uh, the desirable period, a discount will be given to them in terms of the repayment loans. Um, you know, and that the the repayment of the loan will only start. Uh, or the interest uh, to the repaid loan will only start once those students, uh, uh, you know, uh, are in uh, mm. in employment, which is the similar uh, model, uh, almost a similar model that NSFAS was using before it was turned into a fee-free high, I mean, fee-free uh, uh, grant-dispersing mm. uh, institutions. And so, in this case, <clears throat> we then presented to uh, cabinets that uh, this is the kind of model that we want, uh, you know, in order to cater for uh, this section of students, which is therefore a fund that will be managed through the National Student Financial Aid Scheme, working together with some of the universities that fund, as you said, is at 3.8 billion. And uh, this is the first phase of that fund. Uh, It will be funding about 47% of Mm. the total number of students uh, we have projected 
um, who would be needing this fund, which is about 67,000 students. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also important to emphasize <clears throat> the fact that this is an initial uh, mm. allocation from government. We'll be mobilizing resources uh, to ensure that the fund covers more students. Uh, we will also <clears throat> be uh, uh, you know, monitoring its implementation and rollout, okay. working together with various financial institutions to make sure that it is able to meet the, uh, uh, you know, the demand out there. Uh, as is now, <clears throat> most of the uh, households um, basically rely on, uh, you know, financial institutions okay. and loans granted by universities and so on and so forth. So, so we are really filling in. Uh, you yes. know that uh, yeah. uh, that particular gap. Okay, you've said a few things which I just want clarification on. So first and foremost, this initial allocation of three point eight billion, which is looking to fund about sixty seven thousand students, and <clears throat> it's rolled out in phases. In future, you are hoping there'll be more money to allocate to more students. So this is just phase one. Are we clear? Yes, <clears throat> okay. that's important. Um, um, it's important because the demand is much bigger based on our, uh, you know, uh, financial modeling and the, the um, uh, you know, the work that the actuarial scientists did uh, in terms of projections. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically that's that. It is, it is going to meet, uh, you know, that particular section and that number, uh, you know, for this academic year and we will be mobilizing for more resources. Uh, you into know, the future. To, to, and I mean, to contribute. Into okay. This. And the numbers that I see for the near future, 2025 to 2034, is hopefully somewhere in the region of 31 billion rands over the next 10 years for more students. Yes, most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. The 67,000, uh, what's the criteria for them to qualify? Uh, besides the fact that the parents <clears throat> must be earning within a, or they must come from a household with a threshold of 350,000, what else do they need to, yeah, to so put on the table? 350,000 and uh, 600,000. Uh, they must be academically competent uh, or technically competent. Um, they should have been accepted in a public uh, university or TVET college. Um, and also consideration will be given in terms of the program that they want to, uh, you know, uh, study. Um, you know, and, and I think more information to that effect as to when, where, and where, uh, when and where they should apply, uh, you know, would 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 obviously okay. be, uh, you know, be given. Okay. So 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 in a nutshell, that's that's the criteria. Okay, and then the final thing before I bring in Asive, um, is this issue of grants versus loans. So this is actually a loan uh, program. They will be funded for their three years, but once they start working, they're going to have to pay back a portion of it. <clears throat> they're going to have to pay either a portion or the full amount, depending on how they've performed academically. And yes, this is uh, uh, you know, a loan. Uh, you know, close to, uh, I mean, more than a million other students will continue to be getting a grant this year uh, for the academic year 2024. Uh, and those are treated separately uh, based on their income. And I must emphasize, Lerato, that 
what what the NSFAS broadly in terms of its its, its three hundred and fifty thousand threshold, um, you know, covers at least up to ninety percent of South African households. So so this is important to mention. Uh, and I think what is also important to mention is that uh, uh, you know, with with uh, if funds become available, uh, we will obviously, uh, you know, uh, be considering stretching the th- uh, threshold to include more households. Obviously, okay. because when the economy improves, when interest rates yeah. uh, increases, and all of that, it has an impact on the number of people exactly. who can qualify. But our last count was that close to 90% of South African households are covered okay. by the grant scheme. And therefore, uh, you know, a smaller pota- uh, percentage okay. of those parents who ends between 350000 and 600000 are the ones who couldn't. And many of these are teachers and nurses, yeah. uh, you know, in the public service, uh, who just ends a little bit more than what's required, uh, you know, and a little less, uh, you know, more than uh, those who are in the upper section of, of our okay. classes. All right. I understand that you have to leave, but I think you've given us something to think about. Uh, thank you for your time. Budi Manamela, yeah, stay, Deputy Minister. for a few minutes. You will stay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Asive Landra, thanks for your patience. So you've heard what the minister said outlining um, this new fund. Um, and it's it's going to work somewhat. It's, it's being administered by the NSFAS, but it's going to work on a different kind of protocol is what I'm understanding here in terms of this distinction between grants and loans and how we define the missing middle. Your response. Uh, once again, good morning, Verado, to you, the Deputy Minister and listeners. Um, I think uh, we must start by welcoming and really celebrating uh, this intervention uh, by government. It's long overdue. It's been in the pipeline. Uh, we would have propagated for this for many years that there must be a funding solution for the missing middle, which you defined and also the minister defined. Uh, so we really welcome that. Uh, uh, it's still within uh, obviously, the, 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 the legislative regime of NSFAS uh, in terms of their ability also to be able to advance loans, etc. So, yeah, we, we don't have any, I suppose, any misgivings in terms of its administration at the moment. Uh, but more than anything, we really celebrate what we believe is a huge uh, stride mm. uh, towards broadening access. It's, I mean, listen, it's been a crisis for many, many, many years. So I would think it is an ebb and really a, mm. uh, you know, a, a, a huge strike towards broadening access for the students of the working class. Why do you think it took so long, Asiva? Because when you look at the figures, uh, certainly from the National Income Dynamics Study, it says that 85% of South African households are categorized as low income. And then when you add to that, 11% of households falling into the missing middle. And I think this is where the minister comes up with that number of nearly 90% of South African households, give or take, are in need of these various services from the NSFAS and then now this additional fund. So why has it taken so long to get here, do you think? It was a lack of political will and nothing else because if you look at, for instance, the state of the economy now versus five years 10 years ago, we probably were a better place to be able to afford it a few years ago than we are now. Uh, so you can't argue that, no, in terms of, uh, for instance, the ability of government to afford, we're a better place. No, no, we're a worse off place than we've been. So the only thing it tells you is that there was no political will uh, to implement it. 
uh, much like there was no political will prior when we before we came to 350,000 and it's still at 120,000 mm. and at a certain point uh, uh, there was an emergence of a political will which would raise that uh, to 350,000 so that is what we are seeing once again mm. uh, uh, because really there's no there's no quantitative or, mm. or substantive reasoning over and above that because mm. often it's a question of affordability. Can government afford or not, mm. uh, you understand? Mm. And you can't argue that government affords it now much more than they yeah. could have a few Done. years ago. So it just boils down to that. We think there was now an emergence of uh, political will. Okay, and there's definitely going to be a lot of uptake, I believe. But do you think this figure of 67,000, <clears> even though it's an initial um, uh, invitation to take up the loans, do you think there's going to be much more demand than that in terms of who we know to be students coming from the missing middle? They will be. Uh, firstly, <clears throat> no, correction, it's not 67,000, it's uh, 31,000. The total missing middle currently in the sector is about 68,000. That's uh, 11%. Okay, so uh, in the first phase should be 31,000. Yes, 31,000. Okay. That's the 47% <clears throat> of that 68,000. Um, uh, that are currently enrolled in the missing media. So, they, but but you to answer your question, they will most definitely will be, uh, because for instance, if you look at the current criteria, it only looks into two broad streams, which is uh, STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and uh, 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 humanities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, there are various uh, programs outside of those two fields, uh, including but not limited to, for instance, uh, com- uh, uh, commerce. Uh, 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 your mm. sports sciences and stuff and all of that which are not catered for in the current uh, 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 announcement yeah. yes in the current cycle so <coughs> that will pose us a little bit of uh, an issue uh, uh, because there are in any but we would have obviously also mentioned this to the minister <coughs> and his team that there are other critical skills which are critical towards uh, yeah. the, you know, or which I rather have marketable skills that uh, you know the market has uh, room for them, but which are not included, which are, for instance, in commerce. So there'll definitely be that. Uh, and also what we know based on the outcomes of uh, metric or basic education, we're not producing as much uh, as much as we would like uh, people who who, are, will, who eventually enroll in STEM programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you understand? Okay. So the majority of them actually not enrolled there. So the, the, the bulk of of students who might need that intervention right. will unfortunately not necessarily be catered for. But as we but we don't have much of an issue with that because obviously it's the first phase. It's a we phase, had yeah. to begin somewhere and we are appreciative of what okay. would be economic constraints. Okay. And obviously the government is working on the fact that their own sort of um, <clears throat> needs for the transformation of the economy is going to need science, technology, engineering, and maths. And so that's why the 70% allocation there, yes. 30% to humanities. You're saying they could be more flexible uh, because then the uptake um, would be more dynamic. Final question to you, Minister, as we close off this conversation. It's the affordability variable. We have heard the Minister of Finance not mince his words about the fiscal cliff that South Africa's on, the real financial uh, dire straits that the nation uh, is experiencing right now. So whilst we really welcome 3.8 billion in the initial fund, projecting that there'll be more students looking for funding in future, recognizing that there's going to be more money needed to uh, up the kitty, um, what do you think the viability is? Do you think this is? The, do you think these numbers are realistic 
because the Minister of Finance says the government has no money and there's this need, but the government has no money. So can we really imagine a future where there's 31 billion in the next year or two? Yeah. I think firstly, uh, you know, with what Asiva said, that uh, there was lack of political will. Uh, The East has always been political will. The issue was financial capability, and there's there's a difference between those two. And of course, um, you know, if we're to go into details, this has been money mobilized internally. That's 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 already existing. Um, you know, that was meant for different projects that was then reprioritized. Um, uh, you know, because those projects may not in the immediate be agent and so on and so forth. Uh, but secondly, that uh, uh, yes, the fund will be extended to to uh, uh, you know the commercial and business uh, sciences. Uh, we've we've had uh, uh, you know South contribution in that regard. Uh, and thirdly, that um, uh, there is a case for this, uh, and I think more so that uh, uh, you know the, the biggest component of what makes a case for this is the repayment of the mm. uh, you know of the loans so yeah. so that it, in itself no, no. financial viability i mean the nsfast has uh, you know established capabilities they're still recollecting uh, uh, you know uh, they're still collecting repayments from uh, you know the time when they were uh, you know administering loans and uh, you know that goes into the NSFAS reserve, uh, okay. and as we speak, about four billion of that money will be going into the initial payment to universities and to colleges at the reopening of universities. Mm-hmm. But I think more details will okay. then be expanded later in the week. All right, but uh, we welcome the development, and we really welcome it for those over eleven percent of households that didn't meet the threshold for financial uh, assistance now receiving it, albeit in the form of a loan, but at least some respite for the parents. Thanks to Buti Manamela, Deputy Minister of Higher Education, and also Asive Landra, National Spokesperson for the South African Union of Students. So for all of you who are going into university this year and your parents were saying, I wonder if I can afford to pay all of it, please uh, go to NSFAS and see uh, about this new fund for the missing middle. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.